0: we have grown up in the church and we always believed that God was good and that His promises were true and that He's a healer and He has a great plan for our lives. And then all of a sudden, things seemed to be falling apart.
1: Singer and songwriter Laura Story was a newlywed when her husband, Martin, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. She hoped it was just a short detour along the journey they had mapped out for themselves.
0: The problem was what we thought was a detour ended up being the road. It may take time On this journey slow What lies ahead I'm not sure I know But the hand that holds This flailing soul He will not let go
1: Laura Story is going to share her and her husband's journey with us today, and she has a lot of wisdom to share about finding blessings in the middle of life's unexpected trials. She's our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories and outreach
2: of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Jim, I really appreciate the joy and the humor that comes through as Laura shares her story with us. And, you know, some parts of that story are hard, but Laura sees them as God's way of making her more Christ-like. She does. And as a matter of fact, that's something you're
1: going to hear Billy Graham touch upon a little later in this episode. God's business now is to
3: mold you into the image of Christ so that you will love like he loves have peace like he has joy like he has gentleness like he has
2: if you're going through some sort of hard time right now and you're having trouble seeing God in the midst of it we have a website that can help you it's findpeacewithgod.net that's findpeacewithgod.net
0: gps god people stories i was born in augusta georgia But my family moved when I was three to Spartanburg, South Carolina.
1: Laura story has lived in the South her whole life. Her parents raised her and her brother and sister in the Christian faith.
0: I can't remember a time that I didn't know about God. And I um, remember around the age of 10, uh, there was a, a revival that we had over the summer. And it was just having a guest pastor come in and there was just something about the the way that he shared the gospel that day, when I heard him talk about, you know, me being a sinner. I I knew myself well enough. I think I'd haven't had enough Sunday school teachers that had confirmed the fact that I was a dirty rotten sinner. But as as he talked about me being a sinner, uh, honestly, it it made sense that I didn't deserve heaven. It made sense that if there was a perfect God who had created this holy place, it made sense that I wouldn't fit in there apart from the work that Jesus had done on my behalf. And when I heard about Jesus dying for my sin, living this perfect life that I could never live um, so that I could get this unbelievable gift, free gift of salvation, not only did it make sense that I should definitely do that, but. It also made sense that I would spend the rest of my life, in whatever capacity he called me to, telling other people about that gift.
1: Music is one way God has used Laura to tell people about his love. She started piano lessons at age six and then later picked up a string bass when she was 10. But it wasn't until she joined a band in college that she got a real taste of how God can use contemporary Christian music to minister to people.
0: When I had been in orchestra, I was a fairly talented kid, and so I would... Audition for you know some orchestra and I'd usually get pretty high placement and all that and it really was a great way to fuel my own you know satisfaction and my own ego and and people would go oh you're such a talented bass player you're such a talented whatever but I'd never use my gifts to bring glory to someone other than me and that was the neatest thing uh, and even that I found delight. In using my gifts to bring glory to someone other than me. And that was kind of the beginning of how I got started in Christian music.
2: There's a good chance you've heard Laura's voice on the radio, but she didn't set out to be a singer. She kind of fell into the role after there was a sudden opening in the band she was playing with in college.
0: Well, that's kind of a funny story. (laughs) because So I played bass for a couple years and we had a female vocalist that was fantastic and then uh she was dating the lead singer and they broke up and so she left and they said okay you're you're the only other girl so you're the new girl singer (laughs) and i had never really sung much and and really she was um she was so talented vocally and for me I I feel like I have a good voice. I have a sufficient voice. I sing in tune, but I I never uh, can't do like the vocal acrobatics of other vocalists. But it was neat even in that uh, because I felt a lot of insecurity when I began to sing more at, at our events. And it really was me learning just from very early on that people aren't going to come to these concerts to hear my fantastic voice. And it, it taught me early on not to lean on my own ability. And even, um, you know, here I am so many years later, I still feel so much insecurity uh, sometimes before I walk out on a stage. And I think, am I going to be enough? Am I going to be enough for these people? And it's like the Lord <laughs> reminding me, no, Laura, you're not going to be enough. And you don't have to be. And that's the beauty about uh, the God that delights in doing more than we can ask or imagine, because He's the one doing the work, not me.
2: God has done more than Laura could have asked or imagined through her singing, and in particular, her songwriting. Early in her solo career, she wrote a song called Indescribable about the majesty of God.
0: Probably about, I don't know, a year after I wrote it, I got a call from a buddy of mine who, I got him, Ed Cash, who was, He and I had done Young Life together in college. He's from the Carolinas as well. And he was recording a record for this kind of no-name worship leader guy named Chris Tomlin. So it was before it was like big Chris Tomlin. It was just little Chris Tomlin with his guitar. And he said, hey, we're making this record. We need one more song. Would you be okay if we recorded your song indescribable and I was like well sure man it's secretly I was thinking you know I've been playing Chris Tomlin songs for years so this is an amazing honor that he would play one of mine so that was kind of how I got started and as a songwriter honestly I never imagined that I would be the one singing these songs Um, but you know the Lord often calls us to things that we don't expect
1: Chris Tomlin's version of Indescribable turned into a major
2: hit across the country, and it was even played on a NASA mission. Yeah, it was played as a wake-up song for the astronauts on the space shuttle Atlantis during a mission in 2007. Astronaut Patrick Forrester told Mission Control, he said, that song captures what I think every time I look out the window. Wow. Indescribable was the first of many
1: songs Laura has written that just resonate with people. Her best-known song, for which she won a Grammy and a couple of Dove Awards, is called Blessings. For the story behind that song, we need to go back to about 2005, when Laura was a newlywed. She and her husband, Martin, were getting ready to move from South Carolina to Atlanta, where Laura had accepted a position as a worship leader at Perimeter Church.
0: We'd been married at, you know, maybe just right at a year at this point, and Martin just started struggling with, uh, he was really lethargic at times and a little bit forgetful. And so we had gone to a couple doctor's appointments. You know, we thought maybe he has mono, maybe, you know, we weren't sure what it was. and, And the doctors couldn't really give us any answers.
2: The situation had progressed to the point where Laura began reconsidering the move to Atlanta. And she decided she needed to talk to the senior pastor of Perimeter Church, Randy Pope.
0: I remember calling Randy like a week before we were about to move because all of this had kind of progressed. And at this point in time, I was terrified. And to move to Atlanta, even though it was just two hours, two and a half hours away, it was leaving our family, was leaving our support group. And I remember calling him and saying, hey, I don't, I don't know if we can come because there's something wrong with Martin. And I was about to go into kind of what things had looked like the past few months And he wouldn't even let me get the words out of my mouth. And he said, hey, you need to get here because we're going to take care of you. And that has been exactly what's happened in so many ways. Um, Not just the church coming around taking care of us, but even just God knowing that we needed to be in Atlanta.
2: And shortly after they arrived in Atlanta, Martin was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He and Laura finally had an explanation for what was going on. But it wasn't the one they had hoped for. Martin would need to undergo brain surgery to get the tumor removed.
0: What was supposed to be a five-day recovery in the hospital ended up him being at Emory University Hospital, downtown Atlanta, for three months. And not only was it, you know, a hard time and very different than what we expected those first couple years of marriage to look like, it was also really hard on us spiritually because we'd grown up in the church and we always believed that God was good and that His promises were true and that He's a healer and He has a great plan for our lives. And then all of a sudden, things seemed to be falling apart. And and we as you know, still mid-20s newlyweds were saying, okay, God, we had this great plan for what we thought our lives would look like. And we were on some level, I think I was saying, we were okay with the detour, and we had enough faith to say, okay, he has a brain tumor, we're going to get it removed, and then we're going to get back on track. The problem was is what we thought was a detour ended up being the road, and that was really tough.
1: During those three months at the hospital, there were days when Laura didn't know if she would lose her husband. They prayed for healing, and God saved Martin's life. But once the initial thankfulness wore off, they began to focus on how life didn't at all look like what they had imagined. Martin had some brain damage from the tumor, and it affected his vision as well as his short-term memory.
0: If you ask him what he had for breakfast this morning, he could not tell you. And it doesn't matter how much he tried. He will never be able to tell you. It's like that part of his brain doesn't even exist anymore. So he has a tough time remembering names. Like if if we were sitting together in a restaurant... Martin gets up to go to the bathroom, comes back out, has no idea where his table is, because that's all short-term memory.
1: So after the surgery, two people who were just learning how to be married to one another also had to deal with unexpected disabilities. Martin couldn't drive anymore. Laura was all of a sudden the primary breadwinner. And the short-term memory loss made day-to-day life more difficult than they had originally expected after learning of the tumor.
0: I think probably five years into you know, living with this brain injury, living with this disability, we were about ready to kill each other. We 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 just didn't even like each other. And we had been together like 24-7. And we were just at a really tough place in our marriage. And the neat thing, having some people at our church come alongside us, I remember being asked by one of the pastors, what do you think is the biggest problem in your marriage? and you know without a doubt both of us said Martin's brain tumor you know and the pastor saying actually no the biggest problem in your marriage is your sin and that was one of the keys to i think us beginning to see with our situation with spiritual eyes because it really is you know in marriage it's easy to look at you know whether it's so and so's job or um you know, so-and-so's (laughs) mother-in-law, like whatever it is that we say, this is the biggest problem in our marriage or this child who's unruly. The truth is, is the biggest problem in our marriage was our sin. And the more I began, the more we began to see it that way, but especially for me, uh, you know, Martin's memory deficit can be highly frustrating for me because he will ask me, where is the syrup, And I will say it is in the cupboard to the left, and then he'll say a few minutes later, "Where's the syrup?" And I'll say it's in the cupboard to the, you know. So by the fifth time, I'm screaming at him at the top of my like, "It's in the cupboard on the left," you know. But the truth is, that's not the problem. That's my it's my impatience. It's my not wanting to be inconvenienced by his disability. And I could take that same situation. And use it as an opportunity to five, six, seven times speak to Him with kindness and grace. And that's, those are the things that we're learning, is uh, not to see the tumor as the leading problem. Uh, the tumor can either be a source of frustration in our marriage, or it could be a means of grace. when We really learn how to love each other better and learn how to depend on God more.
2: It was while she was discovering some of those truths that Laura wrote the song Blessings.
0: I was driving down I-20 near Birmingham, Alabama, and it was about maybe four or five years after Martin's brain tumor, um, after the surgery. And I was driving and he was asleep in the passenger seat. And I just was kind of reflecting in the st- It was like midnight. So I was reflecting kind of in the stillness and the quiet. And my first thought was, God, this looks so different than what I expected. But my second thought was, and it hasn't all been bad.
2: After five years of struggling, it was like a light bulb had clicked on. Laura began to wonder, what if the hardest things in life are actually God's mercies in disguise?
0: I realized there's things that we had experienced Things that we had learned about ourselves, things we had learned about God, ways that we had seen Him work in our church, in our family, I was beginning to have like this veil kind of come back from my eyes where I had been asking God for this one thing. I'd been asking God to heal my husband, which obviously is not a wrong prayer. It's a good prayer, but I had been so fixated on that one thing that I was asking Him to do. That I felt like I was missing the thousand other ways that he was blessing me. And it was like this epiphany moment of me saying, Huh, what if you're blessed? I felt like kind of a dummy, you know, going, What if this is actually part of it? What if you are using the most broken things to display your glory? What if you're using the most broken things? to heal me in areas that i didn't even know that i needed healing that are far greater than we ever imagined and what if trials of this in life the rain the storms the hardest nights all your mercies in disguise
1: if you'd like to know more about god's goodness and his love for you even through times that seem very difficult we invite you to pay a visit at our website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. Again,
2: that's findpeacewithgod.net. Laura has a little more to say about blessings, the blessings of parenthood. And we'll also let you know about a new song and a new book she wrote recently. That's all coming up in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
3: Now, what is God doing in your life right now? God's business now is to mold you into the image of Christ so that you will love like he loves, have peace like he has, joy like he has, gentleness like he has. Billy Graham. God will give you experiences. There will be an experience of a dedication of a new area of your life. And then again, there'll be another experience and another area of your life is given to God. And God will point to something else and say, Billy, I want that and I surrender that. It may be through a a moment of emotion. I don't want to give it up, but God says you've got to give it up. It's hard, but God says I want you to. You tonight surrendered totally to Christ could be mightily used if you gave your heart and your life to Him. Yes, Jesus died for you. He died on the cross that you might come to know Him as Lord and as
2: Savior. And he'll go
3: with you from this stadium to lead a whole new life that you never knew existed before.
2: There's a lot more to that message from Billy Graham, and you can listen to all of it. It's called God Plus You, and we have a link to it in the show notes. Our guest on this episode of GPS has been singer
1: and songwriter Laura Story. She just released a new song and a new book. Both are called I Give Up. And they were inspired by what Laura and Martin learned about surrendering to God. That's something they had to do not only with Martin's brain tumor, but also through difficulties they faced while trying to have children.
0: We didn't think we were going to be able to have kids. And now we have four little rugrats running all over our house all the time, you know? And God has answered that prayer request, you know, abundantly more than we could have thought or asked. And that's been, uh, that's been one of the richest. Ways that we've seen him uh, provide the, the deepest longings of our hearts, uh, and so it, it's it is tough knowing. Okay, well, now why did God intervene and you know give us kids where He didn't intervene and heal Martin completely? Well, I, I don't know that. I don't know the answers to that, um, but I'm still believing that He is a good and loving God, and so I'm going to choose to trust Him, not just when he's answering the prayer requests the way I think that he should, but I'm just going to trust him because I believe that his plan really is better than mine.
1: God has a plan for your life too, and it is far greater than anything you could imagine. If you aren't sure where you stand with God, please pay a visit to our website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. We want to thank Laura's story for taking time to talk with us for this episode of GPS. By the way, all the music that you're
2: hearing throughout this episode, it is Laura's. We appreciate you listening. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. A couple more real quick. Thank yous. One to the writer of this episode, Christy Etheridge and one to our producer, Josh Batson. This is GPS God people stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham evangelistic association. Always good news.
0: Take my, i